0: Thank you so much for that wonderful singing, man. I, I love that time of worship. I love singing songs that just speak of the uh, the wonder and the awe of God. And our, our God is amazing. Our Savior's amazing, and uh, it's just it's just an awesome time to to worship Him. Well, this morning we uh, are, are privileged to have with us um, a good friend of mine. As someone that I've known uh, for a long, I think I've known him longer than he's probably known me. Uh, when I was in uh, Bible College, his dad was the vice president there, and um, and there's probably, I don't know, like a six-year gap, seven-year gap between me and him. And so I, I remember him in junior high, and uh, I think maybe my... No, you still weren't in high school, I think, by the time I graduated, and uh, and then we connected again when he uh, graduated college, and uh, he was traveling with uh, what they have, uh, these prayer uh, or worship teams that go around uh, the country and talk a little bit about the college, and he was a leader for one of them, and we connected again uh, during that time, and uh, since then, we've, uh, we've become friends, and uh, he's been an encouragement to me. Uh, he's been a great help in my life with the messages that he's preached, and um, I've, I've had opportunity, at least in the years past, he, uh, he goes to camp and preaches the teen weeks there, and, uh, and, and his messages there at camp have always been a, a blessing to me. And so um, it's just been awesome to know uh, Eric. By the way, I didn't say his name. Eric Gatch is his name, and uh, his, uh, his wife Lexa was going to be with, uh, with him this, this week and was not able to. Uh, they've got uh, two uh, two kids, uh, one named Mason, who's uh, six. I want to say Logan's uh, three, and uh, and one very 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 close on the way. His wife's about thirty nine weeks pregnant, so uh, uh, so this will be his last week um, on the road, and uh, and then hopefully get back in time uh, before Alexa has her baby. And uh, but I'm just so th- thrilled that. Uh, uh, he would spend a Sunday with us. He came in a day early, because uh, he is preaching the teen camp this week, and he came in a day early so he could be with us, and, and I appreciate that, uh, Eric. I really do love you as a friend, and whatever the Lord's laid on your heart, Eric, if you would come and share it with us this morning. Let's welcome him today. Amen. Yeah. You know. yeah.
1: Thanks, Lord. Amen. I'm excited to be here this morning, and uh, thankful that you're able to join us, and uh, it truly is a blessing. I always enjoy my time with the Mendoza family, and uh, I... Um, I am looking forward to a good week of camp, and uh, yeah, I wanted my whole family to come. In fact, when I uh, booked the meeting, I said, yep, and we're all coming, because I just love coming to this place, and I want my family around this place. And uh, and then, uh, well, then we, we had a baby, or we're having a baby, and so, uh, and uh, this one's been a little bit different than the other ones, and so my wife has just been advised not to travel at all right now, and so she is... Um, Well, she is home, and uh, she did not want to have, as much as we love this place, we did not want to have our baby in Texas. So um, anyways, so it's good to see you this morning. Would you take your Bible, go to the book of Job, the book of Job, an Old Testament book this morning, the book of Job. Job. Job should be right before the book of Psalms. And uh, Job, as you turn there, you should know that you are turning to perhaps the earliest written book in our Bible. At least it's certainly set. Uh, Before most of the other texts are, uh, Job is set around the same time as the patriarchs. So if you want to think about it this way, Job is as far on the before side of Christ as we are on the after side of Christ. So this is a really ancient text. And yet, despite its age, I think we find uh, very few books that are more relevant than the book of Job for our time of need. And so I want to look at Job chapter one this morning, and uh, I really want to get to the last three verses of Job, but in order for it to make sense, we got to read through the entire chapter. So stay with me, uh, stay engaged. I'll stop along the way, kind of explain uh, what some of these uh, words mean in the Hebrew, and then uh, and then we'll get to the last three verses and get real practical, okay? Can we do that? We ready? Okay, awesome. I know. It's, we got hot dogs tonight. It's going to be awesome. I, I can't there's very few things I enjoy more than life than hot dogs and fireworks, okay? So I am, I'm pumped tonight, okay? Look at verse number one. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect, The Hebrew here has the idea of of complete, of mature, spiritual maturity. And then he's upright. That word means that he seeks to do the right thing no matter what the circumstances are. Okay, so he's, he's spiritually mature. He's seeking to do the right thing. He's one that feared God. Anytime we see this word fear, typically in Scripture, there's two Hebrew words we use for the word fear. Typically, what we see in relation to one fearing God is one holding, uh, holding God in holy reverence. In other words, they are, they are so captivated by God that it creates this tremble in their heart when they come before him. So he has this, this high view of God, and then this word is shooed. Evil. Now, we don't use the word eschewed anymore, but it has more than the idea of just turning away from evil. And the Hebrew, most Hebrew words have a picture attached to it, and the Hebrew picture attached to this word eschewed is to put, a, is to put out a fire. So he's not just uh, turning away from the fire of evil, he's actively trying to put out the fires of evil. And right off the bat, we have an amazing testimony from our guy named Job. He's spiritually mature. He is seeking to do the right thing. He is holding God in high regard and he is putting out the evil in his day. He is a spiritual man. In verse number two, we find out he's a blessed man for there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Okay, now the Bible is kind of uh, painting a picture here through uh, literary cues that we kind of miss in our Western point of view because we view numbers as um, quantitative, right? And you're like, yes, that is what numbers are. They are quantitative, right? They have value, right? Yes. But in an Eastern mindset, a number has more than just a quantitative value. It has a qualitative value, that, a, that, that certain numbers co- uh, uh, communicate quality. So like in their mind, like we hear uh, the equation five, Five plus two equals seven, but in a Hebrew mindset, they would view five books of Torah plus the two tablets of Moses equal the seven days of creation. That's kind of how their mind would work, and then they would wrestle with what that all means. And I don't even know what that means, so uh, wrestle away. Okay, but 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 certain numbers held certain values, and when it came to a number like ten, well, that was like abundance. That was living in excess. That was like you are blessed beyond measure. And so what the what the authors doing here very. is he's saying, Job's got 10 kids, he has 10,000 cattle, he has 1,000 animal workforce. Like what he's just trying to say here in very simple terms, is like, in every way possible, Job's a perfect 10. Like Job's got life made. He is the greatest man in all of the East. He's spiritual, he's blessed. Look at verse number four. It says, and his sons went and feasted in their their houses, every one his day. And they sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job. So we find that not only is he a spiritual man and not only is he a blessed man, but he's also a family man. He's a guy that cares deeply about his family. He is praying for them. He is offering burnt sacrifices towards them. He is is actively involved in their life. What a testimony from our guy named Job. We'll just skip down to verse number 13. We'll come back to verses six through 12 perhaps in a moment. Verse number 13, it says, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job, and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. And said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burnt up the sheep and and I only, and, and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another. And said, the Chaldeans made about three bands and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and he rent his mantle and he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not. Nor charge God foolishly. Have you ever had, have you, have you ever had a bad day? No, 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 like a really bad day. Like one of those days where you woke up and just things started going wrong instantly. And like just when you thought, like just when you thought, well, at least things couldn't get any worse. They got like 10 times worse. You ever been there? You ever have a day where you wish life was just like a video game and you could just hit reset on the whole thing? Like, let's just, let's try that again. Let's, let's start over. Yeah, I think we've all had days like that. In fact, I brought somebody to help me illustrate what kind of day I'm talking about. It's called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I like this book. This book does good for my soul. One of the best books on theology I've ever read right here. Probably the only one, to be honest with you. It says, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while the water was running. And I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. At breakfast, Anthony found a Corvette Stingray car kit in his breakfast cereal box, and Nick found a junior undercover agent code ring in his breakfast cereal box, but in my breakfast cereal box, all I found was breakfast cereal. I think I'll move to Australia. In the carpool, Mrs. Gibson let Becky have a seat by the window. Audrey and Elliot got seats by the window too. I said I was being scrunched. I said I was being smushed. I said that if I don't get a seat by the window, I'm going to get car sick. I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day because no one even answered. At school, Mrs. Dickens liked Paul.